Happy Friday, everyone. Leadosophy fans, friends, fam. You're here with an open mind because that's the rule, not the exception. A little exciting Friday for me. Going to be a short one. Going to introduce Heraclitus, pre-Socratic philosopher. Existed approximately 2,500 years ago. One of the, probably one of the most major influencer influencers on Western philosophy. Heavy influence on Plato. And then obviously Plato went on to influence all of Western philosophy. I want to occasionally introduce some some philosophers from not just Western philosophy, Eastern philosophy, ancient philosophy, modern philosophy. Again, this is leadosophy. This is not just a leadership show. I am a lover of philosophy. I'm a philosopher myself. I study philosophy. So I like to combine the two concepts. That's what leadosophy is. And not just the tools of philosophical thought. I like to combine actual thinkers some of their sayings, some of the simple sayings, aphorisms, uh, maybe some more deeper concepts. I want to get into concepts like power and authority, things like that, and how they influence leadership. So yeah, today, quick, I want to talk about an ebook I'm reading on Heraclitus. And I'm going to pull a few quotes out of there and see if we can make any small little, you know, maybe small but meaningful connections to the world of leadership. So hope you enjoy the show. Here we go. ready to permanently fuse leadership and philosophy then a word of caution you are about to enter the fully abstract yet wholly concrete realm of leadosophy our ideas are not always so clear and distinct to validate this proposition we welcome the host of leadosophy tim wood All right, folks, welcome back to Leadosophy. Here we go. If you are watching on YouTube, you can see the screen. If not, if you're listening, I have an ebook up here I'm reading titled Fragments, The Collected Wisdom of Heraclitus, translated by Brooks Haxton with a foreword by James Hillman. And I'm going to read an excerpt out of the foreword by Mr. Hillman here to give you a little background about the mind of Heraclitus and kind of what he was thinking about. So a little background about the pre-Socratics, the ancient Greeks, they all, they were all trying to find out what the world was made of. And each many different Greek philosophers, ancient Greeks, some thought the world was made of water. Other thought the world was made of air. Uh, the atomists thought everything was just atoms and nothing. There was just, you know, it's what's the substance that makes up everything, the cosmos, all of us, right? Very abstract, very metaphysical concepts. Well, Heraclitus comes along, and as the author discusses, he, he took a different track. The author writes, his method is more psychological. He posited no basic substance, that made up everything, the cosmos, everything. Nor did he abstract the world of the senses into numbers, atoms, or assertions about being as a whole. Instead, Heraclitus said that nothing is stable. All is in flux. Flux. F-L-U-X. All is in flux. Whatever you say about anything, its opposite is equally true. He brought language into the game of cosmological thinking. 
declarations will always be be self-contradictory, relative, and subjective, the author writes. Heraclitus' name for this changing flux or process in today's terms is fire. Quote-unquote fire. A metaphor for the shifting meanings of all truth. So that, that was Heraclitus' idea of fire. It was a metaphor for the shifting meanings of truth. Therefore, the verbal account or logos of the world is also fire. Truth, wisdom, knowledge, reality. None can stand apart from this fire that allows no objective fixity. Now, I want to stop right there. Leadosophy, I've talked about this before. It's actually on my website. And I'm a big fan of Heraclitus. It's one of my favorite uh, pre-Socratic philosophers, uh, Western thought. I, he writes very short aphorisms, simple to understand. It's almost like poetry, philosophical poetry almost. Or at least that's how it's framed in, the, in what's been taken away, the fragments. I've talked about in Leadosophy about the co-creation of knowledge, the co-creation of reality, and the co-creation of truth. I am not a strict objectivist, nor am I a strict subjectivist. I believe there's some objective truth. I mean, you got to have some sort of objective truth to make progress, right? When you're measuring for a measuring a deck and building a deck, there's got to be some objectivity involved. It's just not a bunch of randomness or subjective whims. There's some objectivity involved. But when you get into more abstract concepts like leadership, the truth is maybe more difficult to find than we would like to admit. I talk about the different views of reality. Your view, my view, someone else's view. There may not be anything that states one of our realities are correct, is correct. Who's to say which reality is correct? Now, again, I think there's some times where we can be living in just a complete alternate universe or denying reality in a specific situation. But on the day-to-day, when you have two competing ideas or two different viewpoints, There's not always someone that is absolutely right. It's not always that case. I think people like to think that should be the case. But I think sometimes the area is more gray than we like to admit. Again, especially in the world of leadership. There's so many leadership concepts and ideas about leadership. What's the right way? What's the wrong way? What's the most effective way? Right? I think that is in flux, can be in flux. Truth, wisdom, knowledge, reality. None can stand apart from this fire that allows no objective fixity. So we come up with these terms or this phrase, Heraclitian fire. Heraclitian fire. One of my professors at Gonzaga actually wrote a book titled Heraclitian Fire. It was the the first kind of book I, I read in my first course in Gonzaga in the Organizational Leadership Program. Really, really good book. 
but the author here in the foreword writes, Heraclitian fire, it must be insisted, is neither a metaphysical essence like the elements of his peers, nor a spiritual energy, nor a material substance, the fire that burns your hand. Heraclitus's fire, fire is a metaphorical, psychological intensity that penetrates through all literalisms, a quicksilver fire that flows through the hand, burning away whatever tries to grasp reality and hold it firm. This fire is the active principle of deconstruction, brilliantly deconstructs itself. You can, however, reflect your own mind, see into your own thoughts. You can become psychological, or as Heraclitus puts it, quote, applicants for wisdom do what I have done, inquire within. So that's a little little forward there by James Hillman. And I'm going to get into some of the some of the quotes that I like from, from Heraclitus. Aphorisms, I guess we could call them. Number one, many fail to grasp what they have seen and cannot judge what they have learned. Although they tell themselves, they know. This is a very epistemic quote. It's laced with a theory of knowledge. What can we know? Think about the world of leadership. What do you know to be certain in the world of leadership? What knowledge have you acquired as a manager, as a leader? And is that knowledge fixed or is it changing? Is it evolving? Do you have the truth about leadership? Or are you willing to admit that the truth can change? It can shape shift in the world of leadership. And again, every context is different. Every context is different. Whoever cannot seek the unforeseen sees nothing for the known way is an impasse. This goes against, this contradicts our, what our mind says is correct. The known way is an impasse. Well, Heraclitus comes in and says, hey, if you don't try to find the unforeseen, if you don't try to find alternate paths, you're sunk. Because what you think might be the way what you know is the way, and know is short for knowledge, could be completely wrong. That's how I take this little leadership lesson. What you may be so certain is the correct way may be a complete block, blockade. So don't be afraid to seek out the unforeseen, the unknown. Don't be afraid of the unknown. Don't be afraid of taking alternate ideas. I like this one. Men dig tons of earth to find an ounce of gold. I think my my academic pursuits of leadership are kind of like that. I feel like I've consumed so much information on leadership that maybe I'm looking for just that one nugget that hits me. I I mentioned to my wife yesterday, I remember this vividly, I told her that there's something about leadership that doesn't sit well with me and I, I can't put my finger on it. And it's always in this context where I think about all the literature on leadership out there, all the leadership books, all the TED Talks, all of this stuff on leadership. It's just so much stuff. And of course, I am not 
I'm not an exception. I'm obviously adding to the stuff. But something is not sitting right with me when it comes to leadership. Maybe it's the abstractness versus the, it's very Heraclitean, the world of opposites. Leadership is abstract, yet it's simple. Or abstract, yet concrete. Leadership is complex, yet it's simple. I can't, I go back and forth so many times throughout the day as I'm researching, as I'm reading, as I'm writing on this stuff. I can't put my finger on it. It's always changing. So I'm digging a ton of this leadership earth, all of this literature, and even my own thoughts, digging all my own thoughts up, unearthing my own thoughts to try to find, I guess, try to find the one thing that maybe clicks with me with leadership. Maybe that's the goal of leadosophy. Maybe I just figured it out. Who knows? Next quote, the eye, the ear, the mind in action, these I value. Continue. Of all the words yet spoken, none comes quite as far as wisdom, which is the action of the mind beyond all things that may be said. So Heraclitus was big on wisdom. Sophos, Greek for wisdom, S-O-P-H-O-S, Sophos. I think I read in here that Heraclitus and the fragments. Remember, Heraclitus only, Heraclitus only wrote one work that's known, and it was titled On Nature. It's to be known as his only work that he wrote. It did not survive. Only fragments of his work survived on nature. So a lot of what he wrote here, what, what you're reading here, what I'm reading here to you, they're fragments and they're also, it's also second, third, fourth hand accounts of Heraclitus' own original words passed down. So that's kind of interesting. It's kind of fascinating. Always wonder what would happen if someone actually found an original work somewhere. Maybe it's buried far beneath the, the surface of the earth somewhere. Who knows? It'd be kind of cool to find that. But big on wisdom, Heraclitus was. Again, another quote on wisdom. Wisdom is the oneness of mind that guides and permeates all things. I like this one. The sun is new again all day. Very optimistic. And he, he was known, I've read he's been known as a, he was known as a pessimist too. But this quote here, the sun is new again all day. I like that from a leadership perspective. Because how many bad days have we had in leadership? I've had bad days, made terrible decisions, found out that someone thought I was a terrible boss. It happens. Sometimes leadership is a uh, leadership styles or flavors. Some are some are attractive, some are not. But this is very optimistic. The sun is new again all day. Again, Heraclitus, known as is contradictions and opposites. He loves opposites. Day night. Water, air. This quote says, what was scattered gathers, what was gathered blows apart. I like that one. Probably one of the quotes he's known most for. The river where you set your foot just now is gone. Those waters giving way to this, now this. This is about change. And I think about this from a leadership standpoint. I thought about this with the interview I did with Chief Warrant Officer Morgan, where he initially talked about leaders are on this fixed path, they can't change. 
change their ways. And then we morphed into leaders can change. We're changed by the context. We're changed by others, right? We're constantly in the state of flux of change, whether we want to or not. How many people have influenced you? Changed your mindset on something? Let you see an alternate view of reality that you didn't know existed? An alternate truth that you didn't know was there? I like that. I think you should be open to that as a leader. Just as a human being, going into a conversation or into an encounter with another person. Be open to new learning, to new new wisdom. That's what we're doing on Leadosophy. We're building this shared will, wisdom, this shared understanding of, of our ideas of leadership, what it means to lead, what it means to follow. Another contradiction. From the strain of binding opposites comes harmony. There's a term in, in philosophy and, and just communication called dialectics, where you're taking opposing points of drew opposing points of view and you're trying to morph them into a new point of view. You have point of view X, you have point of view Y, and you merge them into a new Z. This new idea of reality, your reality, my reality, comes together to form a new reality. And maybe this is a new harmony. This is how we find harmony. Maybe this is how we find harmony in such times of political tension. Right? We try to start looking at harmonizing views instead of trying to hold on to my view so so dearly that I won't ever let it go. Another paradox. I don't know. I don't think this is a paradox, but here we go. Under the comb, comb being hair comb, under the comb, the tangle and the straight path are the same. That's deep. That's deep, Heraclitus. Some more opposites. The way up is the way back. The beginning is the end. What do you think about that? These contradictions. Can you synthesize these contradictions? Do they have any leadership meaning whatsoever? Applicants for wisdom do what I have done. Inquire with him. This, this is where I'm going to stop for this Friday. This was, again, I've talked about this, my Gonzaga journey in the academic setting for organizational leadership was heavily dominated by turning the gaze inward on my own leadership capabilities, my faults, my characteristics, my traits, things I did well, things I did not do so well, barriers to success, barriers to communication. It was very much an introspective journey for me. And I think as far as leadership goes, again, I go back to my last episode where I talked about maybe we should all just look at ourselves as average leaders. Maybe we should just look in the mirror a little more often and question some of our motives Again, question why you want to be in leadership. Is it personal reasons? Is it something you're trying to gain? Is it a means to something else? Is it because you want to inspire others? It's because, is it because you want to give to others? You want to remove obstacles from others? 
what is your personal journey in the world of leadership and management? Why do you want to climb the ladder? Is it monetary-based? Is it fulfilling a personal, uh, personal objectives? Is it you trying to find your intrinsic worth? What is your purpose? Why do you exist? Again, very, very lofty, maybe abstract ideas that I'm talking about here. But you can turn these abstract ideas into something concrete. If you take some time to reflect, self-reflect on your own journey. Law of unique experiences, right? Each one of our journeys, though we may take the journey with others, each one of our journeys is unique, cannot be replicated. You cannot replicate the journey of someone else. Someone else cannot walk in your footsteps. It is impossible. Inquire within leaders and followers. That should be our our guidance going into the weekend. Inquire within Thanks for watching Leadosophy today on this Friday. TGIF, hope you have a great weekend. Hope you have an inspiring weekend. Hope you have an enlightening weekend. Not lightning weekend, an enlightening weekend. Maybe you gain some wisdom in whatever area you seek. And hope you have some recreational time. Work on that health and mental wellness. Remember, Leadosophy is about using the tools of philosophical thought to deepen our understanding of leadership and of life end of life. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Leadosophy. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button and check out leadosophy.com and learn more about Tim's ideas on philosophy and leadership. We'll see you next time.